Kelly Show. Let's have some fun. I am, yes, back in the chair tonight, and it's going to be a blast of a show. You want to go hunting with me? Let's go rhino hunting tonight. You see, we rhino hunt on this show. You know I don't have a bunch of candidates on because then it's always, vote for me, and it's kind of boring. Oh, tonight we have someone who's hunting down one of, if not the worst rhinos in D.C. He's challenging him in a primary. That's an hour and a half from now. Uh, I, I'm i a little bit concerned about this Russia thing. I, there's something major going on between Russia and Ukraine. We're going to talk about some history there, where I think that's going. A 13-year-old boy vaccinated at school without his mother's permission. Um, CEOs of pharmaceutical companies getting a little too honest. We're going to get to your emails, your phone calls, someone suing CNN. It's going to be a great night on the Jesse Kelly Show. But first and foremost, we're going to begin with something that I'm passionate about. I know this is, this is honestly, it's going to sound pretty personal, especially something to lead the show with. I mean, I wasn't even here last night except for the opening segment. Remember, I did the opening segment last night for Pearl Harbor, but other than that, I wasn't even here. It's kind of weird to kick the show off, I know, with something personal, but I just, this is something that's always been near and dear to my heart, and I just, I want to be honest, as honest with you as humanly possible about it. I don't have many loves in life. I don't have many things I enjoy. It's part of being a sociopath. I, I, you just I, the, the part of the Kelly burden is you don't get too high, you don't get too low. I don't. I don't have hobbies. I I golf. I don't love it. I fish. I'm not in love with it. I, I, food would probably be my hobby. I would say food. But there is one thing that I am just deeply, deeply, deeply in love with. Deeply in love with, and that's mocking the pain of communists. I, I, it's always, it's a passion. It's what you might call a passion project of mine. And especially entitled communist nut jobs who have spent their entire adult life destroying the country I adore. You see, there are a million places I could have gone right now. I mean, Fauci, we have all kinds of great Fauci audio here. He's such a loser. Lloyd Austin, we got the crazy stuff out of New York. We're even, we're even going to agree with some people on The View. It's going to be a wild night, but how could... How could I lead the night off with anything except for Hillary Clinton crying? You see, I remember what it was like leading up to the 2016 election. Yeah, I voted for Donald Trump, but like so many other people, don't lie, don't lie, like so many other people, I thought he was going to lose. I I saw all the poll numbers. Surely all the polls can't be wrong, right? Oops, I guess they can be. And I just assumed our next president was going to be Hillary Clinton. Do you remember? It's easy to forget these things, especially because we're stuck in all this garbage now. Do you remember what a terrible feeling that was? Now, I haven't, I haven't forgotten because I, I personally hate Barack Obama, just despise him. And it actually wasn't for the fact that he's an America-hating communist. I obviously hate that. I hated his policies. I hated all that. I hated Barack Obama because I think he did more to divide the country than anyone ever has, especially when it came to mass shootings. Whenever there was a mass shooting, because Barack Barack Obama's a communist and the communist never turns it off, he would immediately run to the microphone and gun grab. And I believe, I've always believed this, it is the leader's job, whether you're a boss or president, whatever the case may be, 
to bring people together in times of crisis. I, I've always believed that. And I, th- I think in the wake of one of these terrible mass shootings where we're all down and families are getting the worst phone call of their lives, I always felt like it was the job of a president to you know step up to the microphone and say, hey, praying for the families. We are going to do whatever we can to to to, to, to reach out to them, make sure they're – it's just the time for the nation to mourn together. It's healthy to mourn together. And he robbed us of that, and it divided the country. So I had a personal loathing of him. And then the election comes along, and Donald Trump, he's running in the primary, and he's just curb-stomping everybody. Remember, I didn't even like Trump at the time. I was a big Ted Cruz guy, hated Trump's guts. But even, I I wasn't naive. The poll numbers didn't lie. Trump was clearly just storming through everyone. And that even made me matter because here was Barack Obama, eight years of Barack Obama. We just suffered eight years of Barack Obama. And now we're going to nominate this guy, Trump, who can't win. Shows what I know. Trump can't even win. And then we're going to have Hillary Clinton, who's basically the Antichrist. And Hillary thought she was going to win, too. And she was so sure she was going to win she actually, she actually not only wrote down what would have been her victory speech, she apparently has kept it all this time. And look, remember, the three things that apply to all of our cultural leaders now, you know what they are. Don't roll your eyes just because I repeat it a lot. You know what they are. One, no love of country, oftentimes hatred of country, but no love of country. Two, no connection to the real world. These people have never done whatever your daily job is. They've never sold RVs. They've never been in the Marines. They've, they've gone right from college to academia to, 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 or a job in academia, I mean, to politics, to media. They just don't, they don't know what life is like for normal people. And three, and this applies to what we're about to talk about now, they really do believe they should rule over you. And not in a general snobbish term. These, these people... They actually despise the limits they have on themselves under our form of government. They think that is ridiculous. They think it's absurd. They do not view themselves as servants of the people. They think it's absurd to even think they'd be on the same level as peasants like you and me. These people feel as if they should be kings and queens. They would like a return to that old order of things. And Hillary Clinton's feeling of entitlement to the presidency when you were handed a Senate seat because your last name's Clinton and then handed Secretary of State because your last name's Clinton and then thought you were going to be president, her sense of entitlement makes this entirely entire thing just delicious. Didn't, as you know, write a concession speech because even though we had a lot of bumps those last 10 days, I, I still thought, you know, we could pull it out. So I worked on a speech that really was about my journey and had a real emphasis on my mother's life and journey as a way of making it clear that, yes, I would be the first woman president. I dream of going up to her and sitting down next to her, taking her in my arms and saying, look at me, listen to me. You will survive. You will have a good family of your own and three children. And as hard as it might be to imagine, your daughter will grow up and become the president of the United States. <laughs> except, except no, she won't. Womp womp. <laughs> Gosh, these people. And like, maybe, maybe I'm being too mean. I mean, almost undoubtedly I'm being too mean. But 
think about think about this. Hillary Clinton went from being a really, really radical communist college student. If you look into Hillary Clinton's years in academia, I mean, she was a, a, like, whoa, way out there. And she ends up marrying Bill Clinton. And honestly, obviously, Bill Clinton is not exactly a, a uh, saint by any stretch of the imagination and not someone I agree with politically, but I'm also adult enough to realize Bill Clinton is wildly charismatic and probably the best politician I've ever seen in my life. He's, he's, he's certainly up there. Chris, Chris says Obama's better. I say you're crazy. I say you're crazy. Look, I, and I don't doubt, I don't discount Obama's skills with that. Bill Clinton's a magnificent politician. They say, I never met the man, they say he could walk in a room and he would remember everyone's name and he would walk up to people and start shaking their hands and look them in the eyes and say, hey, Bob, how are you? You're someone's for life if you remember their name like that. Look, you wouldn't understand, Chris. I'm a huge, important celebrity. What? I'm a huge, important celebrity, so I try to remember the names of little people, really, with which is everyone to me. <laughs> no, in all seriousness. Okay, so she marries Bill Clinton, this wildly charismatic, admitted scumbag from Arkansas. He gets elected president. He only gets elected president because of Ross Perot, but then he gets elected president, spends two terms there, and from there, then on... Obviously, they were the dirtiest family in the world. From then on, she just has every part of her personal life handed to her. Chris, will you do me a favor? Look up Hillary Clinton's net worth really quickly. From then on, she goes on to be senator of the second most important state, most important state, New York, and then secretary of state. And so already, if I'm Hillary Clinton at this point in time, I'm thinking to myself, man, I'm playing with house money. How much is she worth, Chris? She's worth $120 million. She was worth about $120 when they took over the presidency. And yet this person has such a feeling of entitlement about where they should be ruling over you and me. She sits there and gets weepy over her stupid 2016 victory speech. <laughs> All right. I know that was immature, but I had, to, I had to get it off my chest. I do, do really, really enjoy making fun of Hillary Clinton. All right, we have some great Fauci audio for you. The Prime Minister of New Zealand. Uh, we have to go rescue somebody in Finland. We'll be doing that as a show. That and much, much more tonight on the Jesse Kelly Show. But first, tis the season to wait in line at the post office. Have you been to the post office recently? Uh, don't do that. Go to Stamps.com right now and sign up. The best part about Stamps.com is it means you're placing a value on your time. Yeah, you could go down to the post office. There's no question. I'm not naive. You could take 15, 20 minutes, drive down to the post office, wait in that 30-minute long Christmas line, and then go back to your home. But is that you valuing your time? Because if you go to stamps.com and use the promo code JESSE and sign up, you get a four-week free trial right now with free postage in a digital scale. And year-long, year-long discounts on UPS, USPS, all year long. Stamps.com is a lifesaver. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top, and use the promo code JESSE. Get you a four-week free trial, and honestly, the digital scale is actually very, very, very slick. Stamps.com, microphone at the top, promo code JESSE. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. Stay 
Nationally, prices are down seven cents a gallon and continuing to fall. We're making progress. We're going to keep at it to ensure the American people are paying their fair share for gas. What? What is that supposed to mean? Your fair share for gas? It is the Jesse Kelly Show. All right. All right. Let's let's do what we've come to do quite often on this show and talk about Fauci and insanity and where this thing's going. You see, Dr. Fauci, of course, made all sorts of news again by coming out and just flat out saying the part some of us, me, have been warning about from the beginning. Is it a matter now of when, not if, the definition of fully vaccinated changes? You know, my own personal opinion, Kate, is what you said is correct. It's going to be a matter of when, not if. What a shock. What a shock. But but here's here's the thing. This is... This is going to sound redundant because I know you're not shocked by now. I'm not shocked. We've been calling this kind of stuff for a while. But it's important to tell friends and family who are shocked what actually is going on here. Let's, let's do a little analogy. Let's do a stupid little analogy, as I often do. Let's say you had all kinds of potholes in your area. There's potholes every freaking where. And no one seemed to be able to fix them. I don't know what's, I don't know why they couldn't. They were special potholes. No one could fix these potholes. I, I decided I was going to come up with a business and because I'm going to come up with a way to fix these potholes and start a business and I'll sell them back to the city and I'll make a fortune to myself. Fortune. And I do. I come up with something that'll fix those potholes. Start making a bunch of money fixing those potholes. Let me ask you something, honestly. And this is, look, this is just, this is a test for yourself. Do you understand human nature? Do I want all the potholes to be fixed? Anyone? Do I want all the potholes to be fixed? Or would I like there to continue to be lots and lots of potholes in your town? When you hear things like this, this is the BioNTech CEO When you hear things like this, you need to ask yourself, what are you hearing? Are you hearing him talk talk about vaccines or boosters or a variant? Or are you hearing self-interest? Particularly with the the data now coming for the Omicron variant, it is very clear uh, this our vaccine for the Omicron variant uh, should be a three-dose vaccine. Of course, you you, you need a new dosage, didn't you know? Now, let me ask you, do you believe the pharmaceutical companies right now out there, Pfizer, BioNTech, all of them, Joe Biden, the media? Ask yourself this, Dr. Fauci, ask yourself an honest question. Do you think they want coronavirus to stop? Do you? I mean, let's be honest about this. You can call it cynical, Human nature is self-interest. You have it. I have it. I mean, I, I have it at an extreme level. I don't even try to hide it. I only care about me. But do you think Joe Biden wants coronavirus to end? Does the CEO of Pfizer want coronavirus to end? Look, they're already out there saying it publicly. They're, they're, they're being very honest with you. Are you going to listen? This is the prime minister of New Zealand. Pay attention. So long as there's people who are eligible who haven't been vaccinated, we've got work to do. You know, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied so long as there's someone who's choose, you know, who 
who is eligible and hasn't been. And that's why I've said this, there's not going to be an endpoint to this vaccination program. Uh, once we've, obviously, we're rolling out boosters now, so we've got a, another you know wave of people that we need to make sure that we're protecting again. So um, those who were vaccinated six months ago, we really need them to come back or we need to go to them. There's not going to be an end to this. They're telling you there's not going to be an end to this. Look, these people are committed to doing this forever. The question is now, as it always has been, when are we going to start saying no? I hear reports like this, and I have to be honest with you. Yes, I feel bad for the businesses, but blindsided? You feel blindsided? Well, big employers in New York saying they were not consulted, not aware, and not planning to follow de Blasio's new mandate that would affect around 184,000 companies. Catherine Wilde, the CEO of the Partnership for New York City, they represent the largest employers. She told me that companies were, quote, blindsided by the announcement. She says those that plan to bring workers back to the office in January may now have to delay their return once again due to the uncertainty around this mandate. According to a partnership survey, fewer than half of New York employers right now require all in-person employees to be vaccinated. Blindsided? It is time we start waking up and understanding the game here. You're seriously blindsided? Are you going to be blindsided when that area of yours that has required a vaccine to go to work or go to kids, the vaccine to go to school, are you going to feel blindsided when they come out and say, oh, now we require a booster. Oh, fourth booster too. Oh, hey, fifth booster. I have news for you. At some point in time, If you're walking around smacking your head on the wall all the time, it's time to open your eyes. It's time to understand the game. There is a massive global cabal of people people from media to government to pharmaceutical companies to many others who are highly, highly invested in coronavirus going on until the end of time. They're never going to stop it. So we have to stop it. I, I, I try to be patient as human, I try to be as patient as humanly possible. I know you probably do too, with the people who don't pay attention. See, I'm preaching to the choir because you pay attention. But with the people who don't pay attention or don't care, and they're always shocked. I can't believe it. I mean, how many things happen out there that you really can't believe? You're not shocked by any of this stuff. It's time for people to wake up. It's time for people to wake up and get out ahead of the selfish pieces of crap who run this country. All right. Now, 877-377-4373. Since I'm back in the chair, we'll take a bunch of phone calls tonight. 877-377-4373. I actually am quite concerned that we are about to go to war with Russia or there is about to be something major worldwide going on with Russia, perhaps China too. I will explain what I mean in just a second. It is the Jesse Kelly show. Thanks for that, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for the, thank you. You know, I'm not a Beatles hater, by the way. I, I, I fully admit the Beatles had some, some good songs, I just think it's a little overblown. But here's the thing. It's probably an age thing. When I talk, you talk to someone older, 
they'll tell you, hey, there's no way I can properly explain to you how big they were at the time. They were just the biggest thing in the world. I remember I saw, or, or maybe I read it, an interview with one of the Beatles, and they said women used to crawl through the air conditioning ducts of their hotels to try to get to them. I mean, I know what that's like, Chris. I know. <laughs> I'm going to get to Russia here in a second. But first, I want everyone to know, um, appreciate how understanding everyone was about me taking the night off to go to my son's concert. I'll tell you, as you know, you can call in 877-377-4373 or jesse at jessekellyshow.com. As much as this pains me to to pay homage to anyone but myself, thank you. I, 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 was, I, I know what it's like when you're looking forward to a show. Everyone has shows they look forward to, whether it be mine or someone else. It doesn't matter. But you have, you have things you look forward to. They make your day better. That's the other reason you listen to this show. I'm not, I'm not changing the world. I do not have an important job. Hopefully make your day better. Let's all have a couple laughs, maybe learn a little something together, and then, then we'll move on. I'm, not, I'm not, not changing the world. And I know what that's like when that show is not there. Because I'm, I'm obviously a radio fan. I've been listening to that stuff, radio podcast, for as long as I can remember. And so when I told you I wasn't going to be there, and it's not because I was sick or something like that. I just was choosing to take the night off because I wanted to watch my sons, both my sons, play in this concert. I frankly, I knew that was going to be a disappointment. And I thought we'd get a bunch of hate mail for it. And I don't know why I thought that, but I thought there would be all kinds of, that's ridiculous, it's stupid, get back in. Chris, did I miss it? Did we get one? Was there one? That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so, one, thanks for that. Two, uh, concert was, it was good. It was good. Let's get to a couple emails here before we talk about Russia. Tora, Tora, Torahs. This email starts out. Nice to br- hear you bring back the history segment on the first audio podcast tonight. In case you missed last night's show, by the way, remember, I wasn't there, but I did do the opening of the show. It was December 7th. Uh, that is always a day that I take very, very seriously because it's the anniversary of Pearl Harbor. And yesterday was the 80th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. So I knew I wasn't going to be in the chair live doing the show that night. But had a conversation with the suits at iHeart earlier that day, and I just told them, hey, I'm not going to be there. I know you got to fill in whatnot. I really feel obligated to the audience to to at least talk about this for 10 minutes. Let me let me record the opening of it so we can have a, and what I thought was an appropriate homage to, to Pearl Harbor. And they were, of course, cool about it because they're always freaking cool about it. So if you missed the opening of last night's show, we went into a little of the context of Pearl Harbor. Might be a tidbit or two in there you didn't know about. You can download the whole show on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. That's that's me. That's I, I did the opening of last night's show. Anyway, nice to hear you bring back the history segment on the first audio podcast tonight. I hope the Suns concert goes well. I remember how proud I was when my father took the time to watch my first guitar concert. That was over 20 years ago, and the impact goes a long way. Looking forward to hearing you back tomorrow. Uh, Like I said, it was just email after email after email like that, and thank you for it. And I I, look, I'll be frank. I'm taking the next one off too, and I don't know when it. I think I don't. I don't even know that they have another one. It might be six months from now. But when 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 my kids have stuff, I'm going to do the best I can to pre-record or 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 get something done so you get something that day. But I'm going to be at the stuff for my sons because when they're 
50, 60 years old and I'm dead and gone, which I, of course, will be by that time, I want them to remember dad cared enough to be there. Dad cared enough to be there. Did a whole evening of contemplation on Pearl Harbor tonight with my eight-year-old. While my five-year-old picked his nose and obsessed over trains, my oldest son and I talked about the significance of today's date. I told him I wasn't alive when Pearl Harbor happened, but that he had four great-grandfathers who served in every branch of the military. Gosh, that's so cool. And he should be proud of each of them. And then he talked about the and then I talked about the anger around Pearl Harbor and uh, I assume somewhat similar anger around 9/11 and how I sincerely hope he never felt that angry. We watched a short documentary on on the Pearl Harbor attacks and used the globe we keep handy for geography lessons. At some point I hope he'll remember this lesson. Do not hope he'll remember that lesson. It's funny. I did the same thing with my kids last night when we got home from the concert, made them sit down and I gave them some historical context to Pearl Harbor and what was going on. And of course, you know, I don't make them sit there, you know, with, with with duct tape over their mouths and their hands in their laps. They're boys. They're sitting by each other. They're only half paying attention. You have to yell at them a bunch of times. They're gonna end. He's gonna end up poking his brother in the ribs. And they're always going to remember it, though. They're always going to remember it. And I love hearing that y'all remember it too. Before I get to the Russia stuff, remember, the vaccine stuff never ends. It never, ever, ever ends because the people involved in it simply don't want it to end. This is the prime minister of New Zealand. So long as there's people who are eligible who haven't been vaccinated, we've got work to do. You know, I don't think I'll ever be satisfied so long as there's someone who's choose, you know, who who is eligible and hasn't been. And that's why I've said this, there's not going to be an end point to this vaccination program. Uh, once we've, obviously, we're rolling out boosters now, so we've got a, another you know, wave of people that we need to make sure that we're protecting again. So um, those who were vaccinated six months ago, we really need them to come back or we need to go to them. It never ends. There's not, there's not an end date for it. Look, and don't, don't think to yourself, well, that's just New Zealand. It's already coming here. I've been telling you forever. The end goal is a subscription service, basically, an annual COVID vaccine. Here's Dr. Fauci. Is it a matter now of when, not if, the definition yeah. of fully vaccinated changes? You know, my own personal opinion, Kate, is what you said is correct. It's going to be a matter of when, not if. Matter of when, not if. And let's let's do keep in mind, maybe you're not a small business owner. Maybe you don't care. Let's do keep in mind this vaccine obsession, this mandate obsession is crushing real people and real businesses. These businesses, these businesses in New York, businesses, I can't even talk, Chris. These businesses in New York, they are feeling crushed by Bill de Blasio. Well, big employers in New York saying they were not consulted, not aware, and not planning to follow de Blasio's new mandate. It would affect around 184,000 companies. Catherine Wilde, the CEO of the Partnership for New York City, they represent the largest employers. She told me that companies were, quote, blindsided by the announcement. She says those that plan to bring workers back to the office in January may now have to delay their return once again due to the uncertainty around this mandate. According to a partnership survey, fewer than half of New York employers right now require all in-person employees to be vaccinated. While I sympathize, obviously, and my heart goes out to those business owners, I do have to say this. Blindsided? 
Why is any American, New York or otherwise, blindsided? This is what this is what I try to get through night after night after night after night after night. This is why I end up repeating it time and time and time again. How can you not see what's happening? They never want it to end. It never ends because they don't want it to end. And that's not going to change until you stop complying. You should do now what we should have done the second they tried to announce 15 days to slow the spread. You know what you should do? No. The answer? No. Close your small business? No. You're not essential. No, you're not essential. I think I'll be opening my small business. Until you start saying no, the pain never ends. All right, I forgot to get to it this time. We're going to talk about Russia here next. I really do genuinely believe we're about to go to war with Russia. Oh, gosh. But first, we just talked about sitting down with your kids and teaching your kids lessons. We were talking about Pearl Harbor. That's why I talk so much about the Tuttle Twins books. And that's why I I want to encourage you when you get these Tuttle Twins books for your kids, whether it's the toddler books or in the middle or teenagers, they have different age groups for the books. No matter what, your kid will enjoy them. And these are books that are going to teach your kids about communism, wokeism, anti-family ideas, freedom, the golden rule, sound money, all the lessons you want your kids to learn. When you get these books for your kids, read them with your children. Be purposeful about it. Sit down with your kids and read these books with them. You'll both learn together, and these kids will learn their parents care enough to teach them these things. When they're old, they will remember you reading Tuttle Twins books with them. Go to TuttleTwinsJesse.com. That gets you 35% off. TuttleTwinsJesse.com, 35% off. He doesn't care if you believe him. But he's right. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't forget tonight, we have someone coming on the show about 45 minutes from now. His name's Nathan Dom. You don't know who this guy is. He's running, though, in a primary in Oklahoma. Now, you're probably sitting there right now saying, okay, uh, why are you telling me about a primary candidate in Oklahoma? Well, are you frustrated with Republicans? Do you have moments where you just want to bash your head off the desk because these useless, spineless losers sell us out every chance they get? That's how I feel. And one of the biggest, most worthless losers in all of Washington, D.C. is a United States senator by the name of James Lankford. James Lankford, he was the one last year when all the communists were tearing down statues. Instead of saying, no, this is ridiculous, they're destroying our culture, they're destroying our history, he was the one who stood up and said, I do think we should change military bases, guys. Let's just give them a little. Then these communists will be happy. He was the one leading the charge on all that. Why am I having Nathan Dom on the show? Spite. I'm having him on the show because if he impresses you, and honestly, I've never talked to him personally. If he impresses me, if he impresses you, we're going to support this guy and we're going to take down a rhino. That's what we're going to do. We rhino hunt on this show. I rhino hunt. We will. No, it's not something I'm going to do often because, honestly, I think that's bad radio. I don't think it's entertaining. Every single night, you got someone coming on the show. Give me money. I'm not going to do that. I'll never do that to you. 
that when there's a legitimate, and this guy, Nathan Dom, I did, I did do enough research to know he's very legitimate. You have a legitimate primary challenger to a bad jellyfish Republican, I'm in. I'm in. I hunt rhinos. Now, Chris, before we get to Russia, would you, uh, I'm sorry, you're, you're going to have to, you're going to have to do this a couple times tonight. Would you play Hillary Clinton once again for me, please, crying while she reads the victory speech she never got to give? <laughs> Didn't, as you know, write a concession speech, because even though we had a lot of bumps those last 10 days, I, I still thought, you know, we could pull it out. So I worked on a speech that really was about my journey and had a real emphasis on my mother's life and journey as a way of making it clear that, yes, I would be the first woman president. I dream of going up to her and sitting down next to her, taking her in my arms and saying, look at me, listen to me. You will survive. You will have a good family of your own and three children. And as hard as it might be to imagine, your daughter will grow up and become the president of the United States. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. It's not funny. All right. All right. All right. Let's let's focus on uh, World War Three. That's that. We should probably have led the show with that. All right. Here's what's happening right now. Russia has amassed lots and lots of troops on the border, and I'm talking 175,000 troops they have, they have amassed on the border of Ukraine. Let's, let's, let's just take a few and let's unpack what's happening here and why it's happening before we get to where we're going. The Soviet Union obviously does not exist anymore, but Vladimir Putin is the dictator of Russia now. He does not view himself as one of these guys who's just going to exist for a few years and then eventually he'll leave power. He's never going to leave power. People don't realize this. He's the wealthiest person on the planet because he has managed to siphon off a bunch of money from Russia for himself. However, however, Vladimir Putin is like many, 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 many men throughout history Vladimir Putin views himself as a conqueror. He views himself as somebody who should expand the borders of his nation. He looks at other countries like Ukraine, and he believes that they should be part of Russia. They should be part of his sphere. Now, understand something. We're not going to be prisoners of the moment here. This is the history of the world. The history of the world is men... Armies at their fingertips start looking around and saying to themselves, I bet you I could go take that for me and mine if I wanted it. But there's another thing. There's another thing going on here. Those men have always existed. They exist now. They always will exist throughout the world. That's just the way the world works. The United States of America in this day and age has kept those men in check much of the time. There's a reason it's not just Korea. It's North Korea and South Korea. That's because of the United States of America. There's a reason they're not speaking Japanese in the Philippines today. That's because of the United States of America. Look, I could go on and on about it, but what I'm trying to say is these men, men like Vladimir Putin, have always existed and will always exist 
the only thing that stops them, the only thing that keeps them in check from crossing that line, from taking that army and launching those missiles and launching those planes and making war and killing people, it's not a, a, you know, a conscience thing. They're not feeling bad about the death or misery or loss of life. The only thing men like that understand is respect. It is the only thing they understand. Do I do I respect my opponent? Do I respect a country like America enough to back off? And remember, when I say respect, I'm not talking about our table manners. Do they respect what we will do or what we might do for it? Which brings us back to why I'm so concerned right now. You have Lloyd Austin out there, and boy, is this not the rep- not 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 the message we need to be sending. Take for example Russia. If Russia invades Ukraine, I think Russia should be concerned about its reputation because uh, the international community will react very strongly to yet another incursion into uh, into Ukraine. So I think uh, the aggressor here is the one that we ought to be focused on in terms of reputation. Russia should be worried about its reputation. Vladimir Putin does not care about his reputation. Vladimir Putin cares about conquest. These people don't care about reputation. They care about power. If America is going to continue to do what America's done and show pathetic weakness on the world stage, I think we are setting the stage for potentially something gigantic happening. Something gigantic. You know what? Let's talk a little bit of history. Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show, and yes, we have that primary challenger coming up about 25 minutes from now, and we're going to do a little what, Russia, Ukraine, what, why the interest there at all? We're going to we're going to take a walk down memory lane and talk about Russia, Soviet Union stuff here in just a second. But I was gone yesterday. I was at a band concert for my boys, so I owe you some phone calls. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. Todd in the Woodlands, go. Uh, hey, you recommended a book a while back called uh, 40 Thieves on Saipan, I think it was called. Yes, sir. And I read that book in, I read that book in three days and thought it was phenomenal. And what I think you need to do is you need to have a book list that you give out to everybody and make sure that the coloring books are available for the Marines as well. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's not very nice. It's a, I'm such a nice person, and that's not very nice at all. Okay. <clears throat> He's not wrong. And uh, you know what? Let's just go ahead and, and make a little mini announcement on the show. It's, it's appropriate. It's, it's mini announcement time. All right. One, we are already working on a book slash documentary list, just stuff that I like. This is something we're probably going to end up when we roll it out. It'll probably end up getting rolled out on the show's Instagram page at Jesse Kelly show and probably on the show's Twitter page. I would say more Instagram, but maybe like a running book list of some kind because people ask all the time, give me other books, give me other books. Uh, In case you missed what he said, the book was called 
40 Thieves of Saipan. No, I didn't write it. I don't know the author. I don't know anything like that. I just read it and just there are there are so many gems out there you don't know about. And all the crap history books they push now, they're all garbage. It's all America-hating garbage. There's some great stuff out there you can't possibly believe. So we're going to be rolling that out, but that's not the mini announcement. Let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. I hate myself for this. You know, as you as you well know, I I hate writing. I have no issue. You tell me to sit down and, and, and do a radio show or do a TV show. Remember, my show's on the first TV every single night, 9 p.m. Eastern. We're actually having Congressman Kevin Brady on tonight. He has a little announcement to make tonight that I did not see coming. 9 p.m. Eastern on the first TV. But you ask me to do radio TV, that's fine. Let's sit down and talk. It's fine. We're just, just you and me talking, right? That's four hours of media I do every day. If you were to tell me right now, when I got done doing my show tonight, got done doing radio, got done doing TV, I had to go home and write even 500 words of something. Just I mean, that's a tiny little article. 500 words of something. I would get that feeling in the pit of my stomach like you probably get if you have to speak in front of people or or if you're afraid of heights, if you're standing on the edge of a cliff. I It's not that I'm afraid of it. I hate it so much. Hate it so much. It's not that I don't have things I want written down. I do have things I want written down. Stuff that just stuff I care about, stuff I'm passionate about. I have stuff I want written down. I just don't want to write it. I hate hate running. And at the same time, I've always felt like it feels a little uh, a little dishonest to have a ghostwriter. Now, I didn't realize until I started doing this. Remember, I've only been doing radio a few years. I didn't realize virtually every single person uses a ghostwriter. I had no idea. I thought everyone was, and I, I guess I should have figured. I mean, everyone writes a book every three weeks. I just have no idea where people find that time. So here's what's been happening. The powers that be have been breathing down my neck about writing a book. Please write a book. Write a book. We think it would be a good book. We think people would enjoy it. Write a book. Write a book. Write a book. And I've been digging in, as you well know. No, 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 no. I don't want to do it. don't like writing. I don't have time. Well, just stand by, all right? I'm not going to give away anything, but let's just say – Let's just say they found a way that I'm going to be able to write it with, in the way that I want to write it about something I'm very, very, very passionate about. So stand by. I will keep you updated on that. No, there's not going to be some book coming out tomorrow. But we are going to get a book list of some kind. And remember, when we put out a book list or documentary list or something like that, I, I don't know any of these people. Okay, so if, if one of these authors turns out to be some scumbag or something, th- these are not friends of mine. These are just books that I've read that I thought they were really, really good and I and I'd like to pass that along because I know. Look, every I've got a secret for you. Everyone likes to read. It's just a lot of people don't know they like to read because they've never picked up the right stuff. See, just because this guy likes to read fictional spy novels and you don't like reading fictional spy novels, that doesn't mean you don't like to read. It means you don't enjoy fictional spy novels. Maybe you're a biography person. Maybe you're purely nonfiction. Maybe maybe there's something out there you would enjoy reading. All right. Johnny in Jersey, go boss. I've been a truck driver for four decades, and my three youngest, I have four, I missed all of their stuff, Jesse. I had one week of vacation to start, couldn't get there, used the vacation to go camping or something with them. 
Now I have six weeks of vacation, and I'll never miss anything from my youngest. I don't care if she's reading one page hmm. in an English dictionary for five minutes at school on Tuesday at 6 a.m. I'm going to be there. You've done the right thing. You're being a good dad, and God bless you for that. Appreciate you, my brother. Appreciate you very much. Eric in Colorado, go. I want to echo the previous caller, but the reason I called is we had a uh, small restaurant here in town. Last Mother's Day, they finally got fed up and opened their doors. Uh, had 500 people there, unmasked. Oh, how terrible that is. And then uh, <laughs> shortly after, the health department uh, chained their door and shut them down. They're out of business now. <sighs> Daggone disgraceful. Eric, uh, I don't know whether they open another restaurant or whatnot, but if they open something else, would you do me a favor and email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. If they've opened another restaurant or that family has done something else, that's something we want to drive people to on this show. So jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Amber in Houston, go. Hi, I'm calling because I have a patient who has worked for McDermott International Engineering Firm. And he is being told, and all, as all of the employees are being told, they need to either get the vaccine or they will pay a 15% penalty on their health insurance. Um, and my patient's question was, are they doing that with people with diabetes and obesity and smoking? They're your, not. Your patient has an excellent question. And this is, this is, this is what's so dangerous. Let's, let's pause for a minute. And I am going to get to the Russian history stuff. I haven't forgotten about it, but let's pause for a minute and talk about that. There's a reason I really wanted to take that call. This is why narratives, when narratives are set, it's so, so important. It is so, so important to fight against a false narrative early, early, not once the winds start blowing the way you want them to blow, not once it gets comfortable when they are setting a narrative, when our broken, corrupted, rotted system in this country, and frankly the world right now, is setting a narrative, it is critical for every person out there to understand that narrative is set to hurt you. The people setting the narrative hate your guts. They hate my guts. Whatever they want, trust me, you don't want it for you. I don't want it for me. And so this is what has happened time and time and time again. And frankly, I'm going to get upset. Uh, and it's not with you. It's with the Republican Party. And it's with, honestly, many of the writers, radio hosts, and TV pundits on the right. This is what I'm upset with. Time after time after time after time. I have watched this, especially over the last few years. I have watched clearly, clearly agenda-driven narratives get set, and this is what happens. The Republican Party and the pundits on the right will go along with it in the very beginning until everyone wakes up and realizes it's damaging, and then they'll start fighting against it. But by then, it's too late. It's not important to come down on the right side of an issue. It's important to come down on the right side of an issue when the narrative is being set. And this is going to all come back to COVID and the question about insurance that she was just asking me. But this has happened far too often now. I've used the example a thousand times. I'm old enough to remember the Mueller investigation. You remember the Mueller investigation? 
You know what I remember about the Mueller investigation? Not in the end that it all turned out to be a bunch of crap and they were lying to us about all of it and there was no Russian collusion except between Hillary Clinton and the daggone Russians. It's not that. You know what I remember? I remember Republicans, elected and otherwise, including Jeff Sessions, I remember Republicans and pundits all over the right, instead of fighting against it right away, trying to be the good, reasonable Republican. Well, I mean, he might have. I don't know. Uh, uh, should we allow? Let's, let's just get an investigation and see, guys. What do you think? Two years later of a bunk investigation and we lost the House of Representatives and didn't get another thing done because of every loser and spineless weakling on the right who went along with that narrative. And you know what? I actually, I don't pay attention to the clock sometime. I'm really upset. I just ran out of time. So I'm going to continue on this false narrative thing here in a second. And by the way, do you want your child to grow up to be somebody who doesn't give into the narrative? Do you want your child, this is really what I want for my kids, I'll be honest with you. I want my kids, I want them to grow up questioning every single thing they see on TV. I want them to be smart enough and equipped enough to question the narrative at all times. But I know my kids aren't just going to magically do that. I don't just, well, I hope for the best, guys. Good luck. Either I train them to do that or they'll never do it. Why do you think I pushed the Tuttle Twins book so hard? These books are incredible. One, they're entertaining. Your boys don't, or your boys or girls, they're, they're for both. Your boys and girls won't get bored. Two, they are teaching values. Watching the light come on in your child's head as they read these Tuttle Twins books is worth it. Believe me. And speaking of worth it, Christmas is coming up and it's 35% off right now. Go to TuttleTwinsJesse.com and it's 35% off. Do not hope for the best for your kid. Go make it happen. TuttleTwinsJesse.com Truth. Attitude. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And no, I'm not a Pearl Jam guy, Chris. I respect the voice. I respect the talent. I just didn't think, I didn't think it was that good. I just didn't think it was that good. I didn't think it was that good. Hang on, before I get back to my setting the narrative thing, I did promise I would take this one real quick. Junior in Tennessee, go ahead, boss. Hey, bud. Uh, I just uh, call and say, hey, it sounds like you're a great dad. Hang in there. Sadly, I think we're a dying breed. But uh, the reason why I called, I was wanting to say thank you for the advice. Uh, my wife uh, was the nurse that uh, had the mandate come up, and we're not getting vaccinated. And I told her, and I said, hey, you know, don't uh, sign that, uh, man, you know, that uh, exemption. I said, they're not going to fire you. And sure enough, with the state of Tennessee and our legisl- uh, legislation, you know, uh, they suspended the mandate. So she don't have to do it. And I was like, I told you, I told you, April. <laughs> so, How about that, my brother? Congrats to you and congrats to your wife. How about that? Remember, everyone out there, don't sign squat. Don't you put your name on a piece of paper. Make them fire you for not taking a vaccine. These mandates are getting shot down all over the country. It's lawsuit time, baby. Back to what I was talking about, about the narrative. And in case you missed it or any part of the show, the whole show is available on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Go download it now. The narrative. We surrender the narrative early on, and that's the only time it matters. It does not do anyone any good For you to come around to the right side of things two or three weeks after the narrative has been set. We all watched it with the Mueller investigation. And I'm getting back to the COVID thing about this. 
Why are people getting charged more for their insurance if they're unvaccinated? How in the world did we get to that place? How in the world did we get to a place where middle school students in California, middle school students in California are being given the vaccine against their parents' wishes and they're bribing them with slices of pizza? Parents in the L.A. Unified School District are accusing schools of giving their kids the vaccine without their consent. Maribel Duarte says that her 13-year-old son, a student at the Barack Obama Global Prep Academy in South L.A., brought home this vaccine card after getting the shot at school. And she says that he said yes when somebody offered the vaccine in exchange for some pizza. It hurt it to know that he got a shot without my permission, without me even knowing or signing any papers for him to get the shot. LAUSD says student matters are confidential and wouldn't comment specifically, but did say it's a program and it's meant to ensure several steps are in place for vaccinated students to get prizes. All students 12 and above in the district have to be vaccinated by January 10th, or they could be forced back into virtual online learning. Yep. How do we get there? Right, well, hold on, hold on. Let's let's get back to this in a second. How do we get there? How do we get to this place? You remember last summer, right? When St. George Floyd died? We talked about it before. I realize everyone's come around now. Every single Tom, Dick, and Harry in the Republican Party, party every radio host, every TV host, every writer. Oh, this Black Lives Matter group, they seem bad. Oh, defund the police? That's crazy. Although I know everyone's saying it now. Do you remember what they were saying right after St. George Floyd died? Because I do. Because I was out there screaming, uh, I'm sorry, the cops are not the problem in these crime-ridden urban areas. This is insane. Everyone last summer was, oh, I love black people. Look at my black friends. I've got, for, as if that helps anybody out at all. Oh, no, we need police reform. We, we, these police are out of control. Wait, what? There were no statistics backing that up. Nope, the cops are out of control. Where's Tim Scott? Tim, do we, can we get federal police reform, Tim? Now black people were dying in droves in these cities because now all the cops get out and they're terrorizing these neighborhoods where these poor black people live. Yeah, how you doing now, Mr. Black People? Good job. And you know why that happened? Because once again, the only place where you can get truth in this country is the right. And the right caved and helped the left set the narrative last summer. And how do we get to a place, finally, to answer your question, how do we get to a place where insurance companies, they feel totally comfortable charging you more if you're not vaccinated? When we already know that the, the, the vaccine, we have studies now that are being printed in the L.A. Times. It wears off in six months. What do you, the, Israel said a third booster isn't enough. Already in Israel. Sorry, if you've only got three, you're back to being unvaccinated. Come on down for number four. And yet... Yet the lies have gotten so far out of control, it's now corporate America. It's now insurance companies. It's everywhere about this dumb vaccine. How do we get to this place? Well, I'll tell you how we got to this place. And I know this is hard to hear. It probably doesn't apply to you, but it certainly applies to the people on the right, the Republican politicians and pundits. I remember when coronavirus hit, and I remember when they announced under Donald Trump, when Dr. Fauci announced 15 days to slow the spread. I remember vividly what my friends on the right were saying. And I remember me being about one of about three people in the United States of America saying, what? You don't stop an economy in response to a virus? We don't even know what this is yet. You don't 
You don't give these people this power. Governors and mayors don't have that kind of authority. You can't pick who's essential and who's not. Small businesses have to remain open. Hourly employees have bills to pay, too. They matter, too. The working man matters, too. And I remember freaking out. And you know what happened? My phone melted. Melted for days when I was losing my mind about that. Of my friends texting me and calling me. Hey, are you sure, dude? This thing's really scary. I think maybe you ought to second think this. And I remember getting so angry and getting in arguments, loud arguments with my friends saying, Brother, you are going to look like an idiot in the end. How you look now? Oh, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I know every Republican out there now, every pundit on the right, every every elected Republican out there now, I know they're all, I don't like all these mandates. This, this has gotten out of control. This is too far. Oh, boosters, this is crazy. Guess what? It's too late. Now it's too late. Congratulations on coming around to the right position two years too late. It doesn't do us any good now. You know when we needed you? We needed you when it was hard to take that position. And back when it was hard to take that position, you know what you did? You hid under your bed and you said the same thing that everyone else was saying. Now, you just heard that nurse we had on the phone. Now poor people are paying the price for it. Good job, Republicans. I do blame. And you know what? That's why I'm about to have my next guest on. He's challenging one of those scumbag Republicans. And we're going to try to get him elected. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show and man, man, did I, um, well, I didn't screw anything up. I know, I know you wouldn't think that I would screw anything up, but apparently the phone system is essentially the same technology used during the pony express and it has gone down and I actually can't have on the guy yet that I wanted to have on. He's challenging a rhino. So we're trying to try to get him next hour. No promises. We're going to try to get him next hour, but until then, we can't call him, but you can call in 877-377-4373, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Let's get to a couple emails before I explain why we're going to have to go to Finland. But I realize they do owe you Russian history now because I, I got off subject with that narrative thing. The Russian-Ukrainian thing. I don't know how much you know about Slavs or Slavic tradition, but you should understand there's a ton of history there, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands probably, of history with Russia, Ukraine, Belarus, Croatia, all, all these places. And that's a long way of saying Russia has always felt, always felt that these nations are partly theirs. Now, that can manifest itself in good ways. That can manifest itself in really ugly ways, and this is what I mean. World War One. You probably already know this, but let's just do a quick recap for anyone who may not, because I realize that you don't actually get taught history in schools anymore in this country. World War One. You see, there was a country called Austria-Hungary back then. Austria-Hungary, and part of Austria-Hungary. I mean, part of the one of the countries they really ruled over was Serbia. Serbia. Now. Austria-Hungary had a monarch, Archduke Franz Ferdinand. He visited visited Sarajevo and a terrorist, I don't know what you want to call him, his name was Gavrio Princip. 
a terrorist, potentially a guy on the government bankroll of Serbia. We don't know. There's a bunch of mystery around it now. They killed Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Okay, so a guy from Serbia, what you need to know, killed the monarch of Austria-Hungary. Austria-Hungary was a lot bigger, a lot more powerful than the Serbs. Austria-Hungary obviously does not take too kindly to that. Nations tend to frown on you assassinating their leader. Austria-Hungary decided they were going to do something about that, and they handed the Serbs this long, long, long list of, well, you have to do this, you have to do that. You have, stuff, and I'll be honest with you, I, I'd be upset if someone killed our leader too, but they handed them a list of, of things that we could never, ever, 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 ever do. And the Serbs couldn't do it either. So the Serbs, understandably, looked to Russia. Russia was Slavic. Russia looked at Serbia as as you would look at a little brother or a child. And Russia said to Serbia, uh, "Hey, need a hand?" Serbia said, "Russia, you're gonna let them talk. You're gonna let them hurt us." And boom, from there, World War I kicked off. Russia said, no, we won't. They told Austria-Hungary to back off. Austria-Hungary looked to their buddies, the Germans. You know, the Germans are always down to f- for a fight. And boom, then you have World War I. That's just some of the history of that area. That's how that stuff goes down. So what does all that mean? How, how does this lead to Russia-Ukraine today? Well, post-World War II... It was a disaster, an absolute disaster in Eastern Europe. Countries like Belarus and, and, and Ukraine, and honestly, Poland was going through it. Hungary was going through it. Romania was going through it. And here's why they were going through it. Remember, the history, I talk about history so much because it applies today. Right now, Vladimir Putin has about 200,000 troops on the border. Why? Well, here's why. Vladimir Putin has 200,000 troops on the border because Vladimir Putin believes Ukraine rightfully belongs to Russia. And he believes the United States of America is weak. Post-World War II, we allowed Stalin to essentially seize operational control of Eastern Europe. And that was what they had always wanted. Eventually, because communism sucks... They all broke off and the Soviet Union collapsed and things have changed there. That's why some of the most hardcore anti-communists in the world are people from this area. But there's so much history in what's going on here. And you and me, and I'm going to get to Nathan Dom here in just a second. And you and me, we, we're just caught in the gears of history. We think we live in unique times. The times have changed now. Nothing has changed. These are historic fights. So understand what you're looking at here. All right, joining me now, a man from Oklahoma, and he's challenging the senator I probably despise the most. He's challenging him in a primary. And remember, the fights we need to make are the primary fights, running out the losers in the Republican Party. Joining me now is Nathan Dom. Nathan, why are you running for Senate? Jesse, because like you're talking about, we we can't afford to keep waiting um, while these socialists are trying to take over our country. Uh, for those that don't know my background, I actually lived over in Romania. My parents moved over there when I was 10 years old as missionaries. I've seen this path that we are going down. I've seen massive inflation. I've seen all these things, and we cannot continue to have this, these feckless cowards in the GOP who think that they're going to kumbaya their way into you know being saved from these communists when they try to take over. We need real fighters that will stand up, and we don't have it right now. 
Nathan, explain what happened with the runaway inflation. We'll get back to your race. Explain what happened with the runaway inflation. What was it like? What was that experience like? What is? I mean, people don't understand it in this country because we never experienced it. What's that look like for your daily life? So when, when we were over there, at one point in time, they dropped four zeros off their currency mm. because it was so inflated. The largest bill that they had was $5 million. So it was not uncommon for me to walk around with you know, 25 million of their currency in my pocket because 5 million was a little over a hundred dollars. So, you know, it was, it it was so devalued in a, in a, in a one decade time span. Um, If you had had originally a million of their currency in your savings account and you went and decided to withdraw it and buy something, you could buy something really substantial, like a, a high end vehicle uh, maybe a, a small home or something of substance. But if you said no, I'm going to be I'm going to be fiscally responsible. I'm a saver. I'm going to just keep that money in my savings account. If you waited one decade, ten years, so we're talking like from 2011 to to now, just one decade, and you said fine, I'm going to go withdraw my one million of that currency. You could go and you could feed a family of four, you know, at at, at McDonald's or KFC or oh. some, some some fast food restaurant. So you know, going from buying a home with your life savings to only being able to buy one mil. That's what massive inflation does. That's what hyperinflation does. And people think that it's bad right now where you have to pay $50 for a turkey, you know, wait until it hits $500. You know, I mean, the, you know, the, the Biden crime family, they'll be able to survive it fine because Hunter will still be selling his worthless paintings for, you know, <laughs> half a million dollars and they'll be able to weather the storm. But regular people, it's going to wipe out their savings account and their retirements. That's what this inflation is doing to us. Speaking with Nathan Dom, he is running in a primary against a Republican I cannot stand in Oklahoma. Nathan, we just once again, we watched Republicans once again step up and help Democrats raise the debt ceiling and get nothing for it. Please explain to me this loser mentality where Republicans only worry about how they look for the next election and never about any of the wins their base wants. Um, you're a big fan of history, Jesse. There was a, a pastor after the Civil War um, who was also a poet, and, and one of the things that he wrote one time that I've taken now, and I paraphrase, he said, there's a difference between a statesman and a politician. A politician is looking out for their next election. A statesman is looking out for the next generation. These politicians in D.C. do not care about, about the people other than how they're going to win their next election. And they are mistaken because for so long, we in the the primary voters, the Republicans, the conservatives, have let them get away with this. And so they think that they need to, you know, play nice so that they can get on MSNBC and be seen as as being, you know, the peacemaker, as being the, the compromiser. But people are waking up and they're tired of that. They're tired of these campaign conservatives that, you know, claim to be pro-Second Amendment, pro-life, fiscal conservative when they campaign, but then they get up there and they vote. But part of the problem is the voters, Jesse. I mean, you know this as well as I do, that we have short-term memories. Most people don't remember how, maybe don't even know how their U.S. senators are voting, let alone how they voted five years ago when they were at last up for re-election. And so we have to remind people about that. And I think people are fed up enough and are paying close enough attention that they're starting to see that the rhetoric doesn't really match the voting record for most of these politicians up in D.C. Nathan Dom, I know you are a very busy man and I'm up against the break, but I would actually love to have a couple more minutes with you. Is there any way you can hang on through this break so I can, so people can hear a little bit more from you? 
Absolutely, Jesse. We'd love to. Please hang on. I'm on with a Senate candidate challenging a Republican in Oklahoma, Nathan Dom. But first, you just heard him describe inflation. How'd that sound? How'd that sound? You could go from buying a home with your savings to a McDonald's Happy Meal. When I tell you to make one phone call and get some gold delivered to your front door, that's why I'm telling it to you. It's not because I'm somehow in love with gold. It holds its value. It's not subject to the whims of politicians. Oxford Gold Group doesn't give you a piece of paper saying you've bought some. They will mail gold to your front door. Don't get stuck with nothing left because of the government. Call 833-995-GOLD and tell Oxford Jesse told you to call. 833-995-GOLD. Get something in your possession they can't destroy. Look around. They're trying to destroy all of it. 833-995-GOLD. Tell Oxford Jesse told you to call. Get something of value in your hands. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and on the horn, we still have Nathan Dom with us. Nathan Dom is running for Senate in a primary in Oklahoma, a primary, and he's running against James Lankford, who I personally detest, but I don't want to put words in Nathan Dom's mouth. Nathan, why are you running against James Lankford specifically? I can give numerous examples of where we disagree on the issues, whether his Please do. his pro stance, um, which I fully disagree with. I do not support any sort of amnesty, even though he has publicly supported that, whether it was his January 6th flip-flop, you know, saying he was going to vote not to certify. And then after everything happened, he had to come back and say, well, since this this all happened, I'm going to have to go ahead and certify the election. Uh, Obviously, I would have stayed a no vote on certifying the election because they didn't follow the Constitution. Um, And I'm a constitutionalist. Uh, you know, I mean, I know I know that you're not a big fan of him trying to rename our military bases and change Columbus Day and all those types of things that um, that he's given into the woke culture, uh, the woke mob on thinking that somehow we can appease them by extinguishing our history. But uh, I, I know full well that those don't that don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. This is all straight out of the Marxist playbook. And we cannot afford to have people up there that are not willing to stand up and fight for us. Uh, there's no way that we can that we can win this um, unless we push back. That's the only thing that these socialists and leftists understand is they understand strength. They understand force. They understand being told no. That's the only thing they understand. And that's the only way we can stop them. You family man, Nathan? Uh, newlywed, actually, celebrating six months today. How about that? Congratulations. All right. Now, obviously, as everybody listening knows, this is not something I do often, and it's not something I will do often, but it is something I am passionate about. Nathan, if people want to support your run against a man who bows down to the communists every chance he gets, what can people do to help you? Well, I'm I'm on all social media platforms uh, until I get banned, of course. <laughs> um, and um, my my website is domforsenate.com, D-A-H-M, domforsenate.com. Um, I am a fiscal conservative, and so any donations I will stretch as far as possible. Um, I had one one donor, one one older lady here in Oklahoma. I told her that I I stretch every penny. She told me she's so fiscally conservative that she pinches every nickel to the buffalo farts. So, um, <laughs> I'm that the... Same way, so 
I, I, I've been outspent in my first state Senate race. I was outspent four to one and still beat the, the country club Republican that was, that was recruited for the position. So I'm a hard worker. Uh, so I will stretch every penny out of every dollar. Of course, spreading the word on social media. If people want to follow me on, on all those platforms and, and help spread the word, I appreciate that as well. Dom for Senate.com, you said? Yes, sir. Dom for Senate.com, everyone. Thank you so much, Nathan. Appreciate you. How often do I do that? Not very, right? I don't do that very often. It's important. The biggest fights we have right now, it's not just against the communists. Now, look, let's have a conversation about this, about raising the debt ceiling. Mitch McConnell comes right out, comes out yesterday, raises the debt ceiling, raises the debt ceiling and says, well, this is good for Republicans. What? We didn't get a single thing over bailing the Democrats out and raising the debt ceiling? I don't care about what's good for Republicans. I care about what's good for the United States of America. Do you know why? Do you know why the government has only grown for the last century with the exception of, I mean, besides women voting? Do you know why the government has only grown for the last century in this country? Do you know why? Because there's no opposition party. There's not. It doesn't exist. It's a figment of our imagination. Democrats get elected, they spend every single waking moment trying to move their agenda forward. They're not focused on the next election. Midterms, they're all lining up to vote for these gigantic bills when they know they're about to get killed. They're about to get killed in the midterms, and yet they're still lining up to vote for the bills. And you know why? Because they know when Republicans take back the House in 2022, which they'll do, and when they take back the Senate and presidency in 2024, they know they won't reverse a daggone thing because there's no opposition party. The primaries, the primaries are where the battle lies. They're where the real battle lies. And they're the, the primaries are the ones we ignore. They're not sexy. It's, I mean, who? everyone loves to run against a communist. Someone who kind of agrees with you, at least he sounds like he does on half the issues. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to make him uncomfortable. Uh, he's going to go to Washington, D.C. And, and be just like that loser, James Lankford in Oklahoma. Just like him. Every single time there's a hard fight. And remember... The hard fights are the most important fights. When the communists last summer were trying to change the name of military bases and change Columbus Day and everything else, the easiest thing in the world was to be one of the, quote, good Republicans. Oh, I agree. Columbus was a meanie McMean face. The hard thing to do was to step up and say, no, that's our history. No, you're not tearing down a statue of Robert E. Lee. I don't care if you hate him. It doesn't matter. That's part of the history of the nation. The Civil War and the Confederacy is part of the history of the nation. If you hate it, fine. If you love it, don't care. It's part of the history. They're tearing down our history, not because they care about the Confederacy or Christopher Columbus. They're tearing down our history because that's what cultural Marxists do. Just like Chairman Mao and the Cultural Revolution, tearing down Buddhist temples and burning ancient Chinese books. They want to take away who you were so they can remake who you are. All right. 877-377-4373. Somebody made a prediction back in 2018 and 
Wowza, did he nail it. I'll play it for you in a second. Jesse Kelly Show, final hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. And just a reminder, you can email the show. All your emails go right to Chris. He prints them all out for me. I read every single one. I will not respond. I get way too many, but I read them all. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Then I realized I abandoned everyone last night. So you could call 877-377-4373. Let's get to a couple emails before we get to this. Prediction from 2018. Wowza. Hey, Thanksgiving Grinch. That's not nice. Do you have something against Christmas ham, too? No, no. Now, full disclosure. And by the way, you know what? No, we're going to pause here about Thanksgiving Grinch. I caught a lot of heat for being anti-turkey at Thanksgiving. And do you remember the explanation I gave? You remember what the explanation I gave? Remember what I said? I said, you go in a restaurant a bunch throughout the year. Whether you eat out a lot or not, you go in the restaurant a bunch during the year. How many times do you order the turkey? So let me ask you. Let me ask you, guy who just called me Thanksgiving Grinch. How many times have you ordered turkey since Thanksgiving? I thought it was special. It's so special you eat it once a year. Liar. Moving on. Anyway, no, I have nothing against Christmas ham. I'm not a big ham person. I doubt Chris is either. I'm not a big ham person, but I have nothing against it. It's fine. At least at least people can reasonably say they'll order it at least once throughout the year. Hey, Oracle. Greeting from the People's Republic of Alberta, where I continue to not be allowed in restaurants, rec centers, my kids' school, or any airplane. QR codes are fantastic. Uh, quick side note. Count your blessings if you're currently living in red state America. You don't realize how people are living in blue states. You don't realize how people in Canada are living. Australia, red state America is pretty much the last bastion of freedom out there right now. Anyway, he goes on. Anyways, I have a construction company up here for 12 years. Business has been quite good for us since the pandemic began, and I'm needing to post help wanted ads frequently. I heard you talking last week about posting anti-communist ads. Let me clarify what I meant by that. Do not hire communists. Do not. Do not associate with them. Do not patronize their businesses, if at all possible. Do not offer them employment. This is the way it must be now. Moving on. He said, my very first no commies allowed ad will be going live tomorrow morning. I have a fair-sized company and are quite well known in my city, so I do expect some pretty wicked blowback. I'm 40 years old and need to show my three kids that this crap cannot continue. I also feel as if the communist anti-God degenerates can cherry pick who they want to hire their companies by race, gender, etc. So can I. Thanks for all you do, Jesse. Keep Texas free, brother. Good for you. Good for you. Engage. Offense. Oh, yeah, you should get fired. I just saw some educator. I think it was in Pennsylvania. I may have that wrong. Pretty sure I'm right, though. I generally am. But, Chris, I saw some educator, teacher, she uh, posted on Facebook that if you use the religious exemption to get out of taking the vaccine, she hopes you lose your job, get sick, and die. 
I've watched these communists wish death on their political opponents forever. I've watched them get people fired for their political beliefs forever. Fine. If we're going to play that game, then let's play that game. Chris, I want you to play this audio for me. What you're listening to here is Jordan Peterson. Many people know Jordan Peterson. And he went on Joe Rogan's show. Now, here's what's wild about this. This is not from yesterday. This is from November 2018. Any of this sound familiar? I just don't understand how it gets to the point well, where... Well, things get to terrible places one tiny step at a time. You know, if I encroach, I, if I encroach on you, and I'm sophisticated about it, I'm going to encroach two millimeters. I'm going to encroach right to the point where you start, start to protest. Then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to wait. Then you're going to calm down. Then I'm going to encroach again right to the point where you protest. Then I'm going to stop. Then I'm going to wait. And I'm just going to do that forever. And before you know it, you're going to be back three miles from where you started, and you'll have done it one step at a time. And then you'll go, oh, how'd I get here? And the answer was, well, I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone, and you agreed. And so then I pushed you a little farther than you should have gone again, and you agreed. If you want to read about how this process works, you can read a book called Ordinary Men. How about that? How many times have I told you to read that book, Ordinary Men? Ordinary Men. Now, remember, I don't, I don't think that book is going to be for kids. There's no uh, perverse stuff in there, but there's some really, really dark, horrible stuff in there. You're going to look at the cover of it, and you're going to say, oh, another Holocaust book. Not that you have anything against reading Holocaust books, but you do not need to read that book as if it's a Holocaust book. It's not a Holocaust book. It's a book about human nature and the things man will do and the things man will accept one step at a time. I've, I've told you this story before. It's, this is not from that book, but I'll tell you it again just, just briefly. It's also, look, there's nothing huge in the news, so I get to tell whatever stories I want. Not that I don't anyway. But I've told this story before. Have you ever heard of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising or Warsaw Jewish Ghetto Uprising? It has a bunch of different names. You ever heard of it? Let me clarify if you haven't. Warsaw, I don't know if you know this, it's in Poland. Warsaw, no, no seriously, Warsaw's in Poland. And remember, the Nazis and the Soviets, they chose to spit roast Poland during World War II, and so they got it from both sides. You're ruled by half Nazis and half communists, so it was, it was rough going in Poland. Why do you think they're so anti-communist today? In Warsaw, this is, how, this is how it worked, and this is how it worked for the Jews all over Nazi-controlled areas. It started, honestly, very slow. You can read books about this all the time. It was not, it was not immediately, up oh, Nazis are in charge now, off to Auschwitz for you. No, 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 no. It was, hey, just, just register. Well, hey, just, no, just put this sign on the window of your business. All right, all right I know you're mad, all right, that's fine, but hey, just, just wear this arm patch around. It happens one step at a time. And my point in this is this. In Warsaw, and you need to read the story. It's a great story, fascinating story. They gathered all the Jews in one little area of town, in the ghetto part of town, and they walled it off and guarded it, and they kept them in there. And remember, they're starving to death in there. They don't have resources. You don't just run down to the grocery store and pick up a loaf of bread. And the story is a great story because of the underground, the smuggling underground that they started to get people in and out and get food in and out. 
And it's a nice story about perseverance of the Jewish people, too, how they started schools and exercise places and stuff. like They weren't allowed. Like Everything was underground. It's a cool story. But, but anyway, fast forward to this. During this whole time, they start training people out. When I say training people out, they're taking people down to the train station. Well, it's not exactly easy when you're the Nazis and you've been oppressing these people. You have to get them down to the train station somehow. And the Jews don't know where they're going. Where they were going was off to the death camps. They were either going to get worked to death or just flat out killed at the death camps. And the Jews, obviously, not fools. They knew something was amiss here. These Nazis sure don't seem friendly. And so the Nazis tried a variety of of things. They would write fake postcards from people who'd left saying, it's wonderful here. Go get on the train. And remember, people were starving, so they would bribe people with bread and jam. Come down to the train, hop on the train, get some bread and jam. But eventually they rose up and pushed back and killed a bunch of the Nazis who were oppressing them. It's an awesome story. It's, a, it's worth your while reading. But that's not the part I was, wanted to talk to you about. The most amazing part of that story for me has always been this. Do you know what percentage of Jews were rounded up and shipped off on trains to the death camps before the uprising took place? You know what percentage? 80 80% of their people were gone before the rise up happened. That's human nature. We wait and we wait and we wait and we wait when, when the obvious thing is staring us right in the face. No, we're not facing Nazis. No, there aren't death camps. But believe me when I tell you, and I know this is hard to hear. I, I understand it's hard to hear and it's very, very hard to accept There are a lot of people in this country who would gladly imprison you or worse for what you believe. And they will use coronavirus as a justification to do absolutely anything to you. Again, they vaccinated a child behind his mother's back and bribed him with pizza. Parents in the L.A. Unified School District are accusing schools of giving their kids the vaccine without their consent. Maribel Duarte says that her 13-year-old son, a student at the Barack Obama Global Prep Academy in South L.A., brought home this vaccine card after getting the shot at school. And she says that he said yes when somebody offered the vaccine in exchange for some pizza. It hurted to know that he got a shot without my permission, without me even knowing or signing any papers for him to get this shot. LAUSD says student matters are confidential and wouldn't comment specifically, but did say it's a program and it's meant to ensure several steps are in place for vaccinated students to get prizes. All students 12 and above in the district have to be vaccinated by January 10th, or they could be forced back into virtual online learning. You're going up against evil. Remember that. All right, I'm going to get to your phone calls, 877-377-4373. I do have to announce why we are on our way to Finland. All that is coming up in just a second. But do you value your privacy? One of the things I have learned as as I've gotten older and started to get educated by Chris and the fellas is how vulnerable you are online. You know that incognito mode you use? Yeah, they're still gathering your data. They're still gathering the data of everything you do and see online, and they're not just gathering it. They're selling it to other people. Every single time you get on the Internet, whether you're at home, an airport, wherever you are, 
you are vulnerable if you don't have ExpressVPN. Now, if you have ExpressVPN, your, your connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and no one can see anything. You're completely masked. But if you don't have it, you are out there naked as a jaybird. Go to expressvpn.com slash jesse and sign up. When you do that, you get three months free on a one-year subscription. expressvpn.com slash jesse. Protect your privacy. He doesn't care if you believe him, but he's right. Jesse Kelly. Let me tell you. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. All right, all right, all right. I'm going to get to your calls in a second. 877-377-4373. We may have to take some time off, though. We may actually have to rally the audience to come with us. we got to go to Finland for a little while. You see their, uh, their prime minister in Finland, her name is Sanna Marin. I'm positive I'm not saying that right. I don't speak Finn or whatever. Do they have what, Chris? I don't, I didn't, they didn't teach that at my community college. She's anyway, she's this 36 year old dime and she's apparently in trouble. She went out clubbing until 4 a.m. when they told her she'd been contacted or been in contact with someone who had coronavirus. (laughs) Hey, if she's in jail, we're going to have to go get her out of there. Chris, look, I'm sorry for trying to help my fellow man. (laughs) Did you see Cuomo? is suing CNN for $18 million over his contract. He hired lawyers. He had four years remaining on the deal, and he's, his contract was worth reportedly $6 million annually, and he's suing CNN for it. And the only reason I brought this up was this. It is really astounding how much money people on TV make. TV is the easiest thing in the world. It is the easiest thing in the world. And it's no effort at all. My TV show is on the first TV every single night. Now, obviously, it's not CNN. So believe me, I'm not making $18 million. But on the first TV, 9 p.m., right after this show, 9 p.m. Eastern time, my show's on. Tonight we're having on, well, you're going to watch me make fun of Hillary again tonight. It's going to be a good time and much more. But TV, these people don't even work. TV's not even work. $18 million? Gosh, that is just crazy to me. Absolutely crazy. Oh, and I saw this too. My buddy Zuby, I got to give him credit for it, came up with this. I'm holding in my hands something from what was called the Department of Sanitation, and it's from 1918. They put out a memo to the public during the Spanish flu. You can look up the Spanish flu. It's a terrible, terrible time. Terrible time. A bunch of people died. And just... Watching what the government was like before we became a bunch of hysterical children, before the American media became entirely hostile to America, it was astounding. This is the stuff that's on here. Beware of those who are coughing and sneezing. Keep out of crowds. Avoid theaters, motion pictures, and other places. Do not travel by railroad unless necessary. Here, this is the one that I thought was a gem. You can do much to lessen the danger to yourself by keeping in good physical condition. Wow, imagine that. Eat simple, nourishing food. Drink plenty of water. I love this gem, Chris. Avoid constipation. Oh, okay. Well, I guess it's chili dogs again tonight, guys. Secure at least seven hours of sleep. Avoid physical fatigue. Keep your feet dry. 
imagine, imagine if we were still led by governments like this, by people like this. And they say things in there like, stay calm. There's no need to panic. Instead of, everyone panic. Oh my gosh, Omicron. Can I have my 10th booster? Man, what I would have given to be under, to be led by people like that. Instead, we have children. We have Listen to this person. I want you to listen to this person. This this guy, this guy, forget about not being in the government. And back in 1918, they would have arrested this guy. No one likes to be mandating for people to do things that they might be hesitant to do. But quite frankly, you have to when you're in the middle of what we call a historic experience of the worst pandemic of a respiratory disease in the last hundred years. We have to put the communal responsibility ahead of individual preferences. So although no one, myself included, likes to be told what you have to do, sometimes if you don't come to the realization that it is good for yourself, for your family, and for the communal good, then mandates or requirements become necessary. I'm sorry I had to hit you. I'm I'm sorry you keep making me hit you. I mean, listen, imagine, you just heard me read it from 1918. Imagine if this guy had given this kind of advice in 1918, they would have thrown him out of the country. Let's take the holiday setting. When you get vaccinated and you have a vaccinated group and you are in an indoor setting, you can enjoy, as we have traditionally over the years, dinners and gatherings within the home with people who are vaccinated. And that's the reason why People should, if they invite people over their home, essentially ask and maybe require that people show evidence that they are vaccinated. They would have thrown him out of the country. They would have. They would have thrown him out of the country. Back in the summer, last. Oh, by the way, Chris just asked. He said, "Can you imagine? Or did they not learn anything from the Spanish flu? You know what they actually learned from the Spanish flu? If you actually look it up, you know what they learned? This is crazy. They learn." Sunshine and fresh air was remarkably effective in treating it. They started pulling all the patients outside into well-ventilated areas, getting them vitamin D and fresh air. Keep in mind, they're already putting out studies now saying coronavirus attacks fat cells. We've, this is not new information. We've known very early on if you're fat, you're uniquely at danger from coronavirus. And that's not me ever poking fun at fat people. People are bigger. Some people are bigger. Some people aren't. That's how God made you. I mean, I'm not encouraging obesity, obviously. And that, that's, but it's just a fact. If you're fat, you're, a danger from, you're in danger from it. So we got a disease that put fat people in danger. And you know what we did? We closed the gyms. We took down the outdoor basketball hoops. There was a skate park in Venice Beach where the skateboarders would go out there, obviously skate around, get good exercise. They filled it in with sand so they couldn't skateboard anymore. A crazy, rotted society. That's what it is. All right, I'm going to actually get to the phone calls, get to a couple emails next. 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373. Hang on.
It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't forget my TV show tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time. I've got Ron DeSantis' press secretary, Christina Pushaw, on there. Going to ask her about Heavy D and the new right and doing things that way. So I'm going to get to the phone calls in a second. 877-377-4373. Dan Crenshaw came out. He's a Houston congressman, Houston area. Came out recently on video and he was blasting away at the Freedom Caucus. Freedom Caucus sucks, all these other things. The uh, nasty hags at The View got a hold of it and they had this to say and there's a lesson here for everyone. He was one of the earliest and biggest proponents of the big lie, you know, that Trump won the election, that lie. Crenshaw? Yeah, he signed on in support of the lawsuit to get the Supreme Court to overturn the 2020 election. Mm -hmm. So what I think is that he doesn't like it that these QAnon types are giving that face to the party, Mm. when the truth of the matter is that he supports the big lie anyway. Right. You know, so come on. And he's part of... I was not born yesterday, Dan. Republicans, pay attention. I, I know you listen. I, know, I, I get the text messages. I know you listen. Republicans, they're never going to love you. They're always going to hate your guts. Stop trying to be one of the good, reasonable ones and start making dang sure they hate your guts. Wade into it. Embrace it. Learn to love it. Contentment? comes with being fine with the communists hating you. Joy comes from loving it. Remember that at all times. Dave in Michigan. Go, boss. Hello, Mr. Kelly. Am I coming in? You're on. Hello. Oh, yes, sir. Hey, I just wanted to get this out. I'm lucky enough to be picking you up in Michigan up here tonight. I was cruising the AM dial. Hey, America, for reasons of privacy here, we got children here, not only adults, but for our children and confusion, we need to have three bathrooms in our public schools and everywhere else. That is one for straight males, one for straight females, and one for uh, you know all the others, however they define themselves. No, we don't. We need to have bathrooms for men and bathrooms for women because there's no other gender. That, that, that's not, that's not ripping on Dave, by the way, but no, we don't. No, see, this is the thing. We give up ground in that way. There aren't other genders. There are men and there are women. And you don't have to talk about big lies. You don't have to accept these gigantic, insane things just because every part of this nutso culture tells you it's real. You see that swimmer, that NCAA swimmer? He was once a dude, now he thinks he's a woman, and he's just destroying all the women out there. You don't have to accept that as any kind of normal. It's not normal. It's not okay. And you don't have to accommodate the nutso people in your society. You don't have to hate them either. But you don't have to accommodate them. No, we don't need three bathrooms. If you were born a dude, get in the freaking man's restroom or get to the mental hospital. You're not welcome here. No, we're not building you another bathroom. Naomi in California, go. Hello. Yes, I live in the North County of San Diego in Southern California. And you and your listeners may be aware of this, but in case you're not, my uh, granddaughter, who's a sophomore, cannot attend school physically anymore. Because she's not been immunized, childhood immunizations, and she's attended the same school since kindergarten, but as of about a month ago, she no longer can attend school in person. Absolutely terrible what we're doing to children in this country. Terrible. I saw a video, I believe it was from Portland, don't quote me on that, I I didn't dig into it too much, but I'm pretty sure it was from Portland. They had kids, I think it was 40 degrees outside, 
They had kids eating outside. The kids were sitting alone by themselves on buckets. They were all about 20 feet apart. They were under an overhang sitting out on, you know, basically an outdoor basketball court. And they had these kids just sitting out there by themselves. And now we have all these reports coming out right now about all the mental health challenges these kids are going through in this country. This is a disgrace. What we have done to children during this pandemic is child abuse for a disease that doesn't even affect them. Gosh. Back in, I think, the summer of last year, you said something I've seen borne out as true time and time over and over again ever since. Nobody telling you to worry about coronavirus is worried about coronavirus. Here in the UK, our health secretary just had to resign because he was caught on CCTV having an affair when the country was meant to be in shutdown. Just this week, it turns out that last Christmas, there was a private party with our prime mini- at our prime minister's residence when the country was in shutdown with all the bars and clubs shut. People get mad, but it honestly just makes me happy that I didn't listen to a word and did what I wanted pretty much day one. The country is lost, at least in the U.S. If you live in a red state with a decent governor, you have a fighting chance. I've used the example before, but it is so true. If I told you there were landmines on my front lawn and then you saw me dancing on my front lawn, you would not call me a hypocrite. You would think I was lying about the landmines. There is a reason every single hardcore pusher of all the COVID insanity has been busted, oftentimes multiple times, violating their own COVID rules. There's a reason. You know what that reason is? They're not worried about coronavirus. And I know that can be hard for people to accept. I I realize that. But none of these people are actually worried about coronavirus. They're all dancing on the lawn in front of you. They're telling you their landmines. Get back inside. Wear a mask. Get your 19th booster shot. This thing could kill us all. They're out there dancing on the lawn. What are you going to do about it? Jesse, I'm sitting here listening to you talk about being gassed during World War One. Clarification, I was talking about other people being gassed in World War One. I. I was a little bit too young to be in that conflict. My dad was gassed twice during the war and was fortunate to survive it. He was wounded twice. He didn't talk much about it. I, I brought up before World War One, and and how important it is, I think, for people to learn about how terrible that conflict was. World War II overshadows it for a lot of different reasons. It was so much bigger, and it was so much broader. World War I actually didn't take place really all around the world. World War II kind of did, but it is a fascinating, terrible, terrible conflict. Jesse, you always say move to a red state. That's not easy for some people. I'm a third-generation stonecutter here in upstation New York. Generations of blood and sweat and tears created what we have, and we watch conservatives flee to red states while the rest of us stuck to stand alone. Some people, even in New York, would rather die than cave to these commies, but I guess it's easier to flee to each his own. Let me clarify this. I tell people all the time to move to a red state, become an activist, make it redder, have a better life, enjoy living around people who share your values, and I believe all that. I don't disrespect people who stay for reasons like this. I don't disrespect it. I know that's not an option for many people because of family or jobs or or some people believe. I disagree with you, but some people like this guy believe I'm going to stay and I'm going to fight and I'm not going to give them anything. But I will say this. Just hear me out here. 
Do you know why you have a United States of America? One of the reasons why you have a country? The tactical retreat. Do you know to this day, George Washington is studied in military colleges around the globe, and what George Washington's specialty really was, was the tactical retreat. Yeah, I want to fight the British. Uh, oh, man, I don't want to fight them. I don't want to fight them right here. I don't, I don't think we can win right here at this time. I don't have the men. The, 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 everything isn't around us the way we need to. You know what? I'm going to move away to a different place and I'll fight them in a time and place of my choosing. Giving up your particular area, even one you have a bunch of blood and sweat in, it's not giving up. It's not surrender. It's tactically retreating. How much good are you doing in New York? Letitia James is about to be your governor. Eric Adams is about to be the next mayor of New York City. I love New York. I'm not anti-New York. You know that. I'm not anti-California. I love these places. I've spent tons of time there. You can choose to stay. Stay. That's fine. Maybe you don't have an option to leave. I get that. But if you have an option to leave, we don't need you stuck behind enemy lines so you get gobbled up. We need you here, standing right by me, making sure my red state gets redder and stays that way because these commie scum, they're coming from my state too. All right, I'll take a couple more phone calls than headlines I didn't get to. 877-377-4373. But Christmas time is coming. Christmas time is coming. And this is what I'm starting to hear a lot out of people. I don't know what to get my mom for Christmas. I can't shop for my husband for Christmas. Oh, the wife is so hard to shop for for Christmas. Go to MyPillow.com. At MyPillow.com, not only do they have the original MyPillow on sale right now with the promo code JESSE for $19.98. You go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, use the promo code JESSE. Under $20 and you can have the original MyPillow. There's your Christmas gift right there for mom, husband, dad, whoever. That's one. Two, they have rotating discounts on over 150 other MyPillow products. My wife never takes the pajamas off. The slippers are amazing. The mattress toppers. Use the promo code JESSE. Enjoy your discounts. Go to MyPillow.com. Click on the radio listener specials. Use the promo code JESSE. Or call 800-845-0544. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We're about to get the headlines. I didn't get to, but again, I abandoned everybody last night. I had a band concert for my son, so I feel as if I owe a phone call or two. Now, remember, the rules don't change. The rules remain the same. Get right to the point. No small talk. No how are you. Love the show. No nothing. Get right to the point. Capiche? Luis in Colorado, go. Jesse, have you ever heard of Irish democracy? No. Irish democracy is what we're living in perfectly segues into what you talked about, Washington, me being a fellow Marine, about a fighting withdrawal. you got to fight smart, not hard. And in the Irish democracy is you basically, you know, it's basically people wearing their mask, like, under their nose. Um, you know, being told to put on their mask. That kind of 
passive resistance. It's not doing what the guys did on January 6th, which is what the left hopes and prays that you do. It's being very smart, very tactical in, in fighting, you know, the current soft communism that I mentioned to you previously that we're drifting towards. I dig it. I dig it. And, and yes, gathering in mass is not something I'm telling you to avoid. I'm not saying that. I'm telling you to be very, very careful because they're out there now to stick their noses in it and make you look bad and look. Find reasons to get you arrested. Justin in California, go. Jesse, although I love what the libertarians do as far as taking on the size of government, they have an outsized voice in the conservative movement, and they're impotent and unwilling to take on the power of culture. They Here's the thing about that, and, and sorry, but we just got too much to get to. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It, 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 libertarians, let's be clear about this. They're right about what government should look like. They're right about a lot. I mean, my goodness, especially prediction-wise, they've been right about a ton. I'm not anti-libertarian. Libertarianism is the opposite of communism, but that doesn't mean it can defeat communism. At least whatever the Americanized version of it is, it cannot defeat communism. It can't. You cannot live and let live your way out of communism. You simply cannot. When Democrats in this country, they tell businesses, you have to force this, this guy to wear a mask, force your, force your employees to get a vaccine, or we'll fine you $10,000. The response can never be, well, live and let live. No, I don't want to do anything about that. Live and let live. And the response also can't be no, because then you're just playing defense. The response is, pass a vaccine mandate on your employees, and I'll fine you $20,000. That's offense. That's how you must fight back against these people. All right. And now. Here's a headline. By the goal, you know the, you know the thing. Headlines we didn't get to. Newsom leaves California amid crime crisis for a book tour. Look, communists never live under their own communism. There's a reason Governor Murphy in New Jersey just got back from where? Vacationing where? Florida. You know where Nancy Pelosi just bought a gigantic, beautiful mansion? Florida. These people aren't ever going to live under any of these rules. They have no intention of living in these dumps. Gavin Newsom's not going to be pushing the turds out of the way as he walks down the street of San Francisco. Communists never want to live under their own rules. How Biden's border crisis is killing more Americans than ever. We do forget about the border. We don't talk about it enough. We have deadly poison in the form of fentanyl pouring across the southern border. Tens of thousands of Americans are dying. Over 90,000 last year alone because of this. And still the Biden administration has spent the first year of their presidency filling up the country with drugs. Oh, and did I mention at the same time people have less access than ever to things like addiction centers where they can get real help, a really, really deadly combination. California to become a sanctuary state for abortions. In light of the case before the Supreme Court that could force a ruling on Roe versus Wade, California has announced it will be a sanctuary state for abortion seekers and providers. I genuinely feel bad for all the blood-red conservatives in California because some of the most far-right 
best people I've ever met are Californians, and they are stuck in a, a living hell over there. Hispanic voters shift towards Republicans, now split evenly between both parties. I've told you before, my buddy Luis and I hang out a lot. He has many, many, many family members who voted Democrat their entire lives. Many of them have now drifted to be, quote, independents or flat-out vote Republican. And what's funny is you know why? It's all the crazy culture stuff the Democratic Party has chosen to just dive into. Go ahead and tell some Mexican grandmother that uh, there are 57 genders. See how she responds to something like that. You're pull, they're pulling away from the Latino culture in this country. Good. Christmas series bombs. Seth Rogen blames white supremacists. White supremacists are apparently responsible for every single thing in this country that coronavirus isn't responsible for. It's amazing, and yet I've never met one. Penn transgender swimmer continues to dominate the season with more record-breaking wins. I want to once again say it. I just said it a couple minutes ago. Allow me to say it again. You do not have to pretend that this is normal. You don't have to pretend that this is right. This is insane. This is institutionalized madness. The entire culture is pushing it out there. And now kids, kids are beginning to embrace it because kids will embrace what their culture is pushing. Do not apologize for what you believe. Do not equivocate. Do not back down. What you believe is right and good. And what they believe is disgusting. What you believe is worth fighting for. Remember that. Remember that. All right, we got Senator Ted Cruz on the show tomorrow. That's always a good time. That's all.